0: Welcome to the Powerful Decisions Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Gluckman. I'm a life and business coach who loves helping my clients find ease and confidence around making decisions. Every episode, you'll learn the thought work tools I teach my clients for clear and easy decision making. I'll also share real life examples from my life and from my clients where powerful decisions created more of what we want in our lives. Time to stop sitting in indecision or second-guessing our decisions. Let's get to making powerful decisions. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a behind-the-scenes episode for you. A little bit about how the sausage gets made, I guess you could say. If you haven't listened to my very first episode, which was on the principles of powerful decision-making, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because one of the principles that I shared was that we don't have to regret decisions that we've made or beat ourselves up for past decisions in order to learn from them. That in fact, it's so much more helpful to put on a scientist's hat. Scientists don't really wear hats. When I think about lab scientists, I don't know what we would say, <laughs> but we'll just imagine a scientist's hat and evaluate our decisions so that we can glean learnings from them that will help us make future decisions. So today I'm gonna share with you one example of how I evaluate my work, how I evaluate past decisions that I made. I just closed up my inaugural round of Money School for Mischievous Women, which was a four-week small group program for women who were interested in really working on their money mindset and untangling old beliefs about their earning potential or what it meant if they had debt. And deciding what they wanted to believe about money and their ability to earn it going forward. It was an amazing class. I am so proud of myself for putting it on. I am so proud of the women who participated for showing up and doing this work that even though there was a lot of laughter is hard work. We're untangling some deep held beliefs. So I'm going to share with you today my evaluation of money school. I'm going to get specific because I think it's helpful to hear like specific details for when you want to do an evaluation of something you've done or a decision you've made. There's two main components of the evaluation. And I'm also going to list these evaluation questions in the show notes, so don't feel like you have to write if you're listening on the go, you can always refer back to the show notes and find them there. The first part of my evaluation, and if I'm short on time, this is always what I will do. Okay, and it's got three parts. The first part is what worked, and I make a list of everything that worked. The second part is what didn't work. And then the third part is what do I want to do differently In the future or differently next time so even if i'm not exactly going to replicate something i still want to think about what i want to do different in my life and in future decisions going forward okay so i'm going to take you through for money school for mischievous women what worked for me what worked i decided on my winning results and for some people Um, You may have also heard of this as a process result. So what am I going to get out of doing this? Not necessarily the outcome result, which I call bonus result. So my winning result was that I gain experience leading a group, marketing, and running the group with spacious amounts of time around it and that I would get experience teaching on money mindset. So that was what I really wanted as my winning result and I got it. My bonus result that I chose beforehand was that I wanted to have 10 people registered and I did not get 10, I got six. Next on what worked, I chose a price, I charged $100 for it, that I felt like people would be committed to coming to class and I also felt that I could seriously overdeliver on that price, that they would all feel that they got much more than $100 worth of value. I also started planting seeds of an offer in August and then marketed hard for two weeks. And for me, that was like a winning result. I liked how I planted the seed and then marketed hard. And I stopped marketing before uh, some family came to visit and before I went on a trip. So I was very conscientious about choosing to market specific weeks that were easy for me. Another thing that worked was that I felt on fire for my offer. I was so excited to put on this class. And I think that really propelled me in doing all my marketing. What also worked? specifically how I marketed. I did seven emails. I did a podcast episode specifically on Money School plus another one specifically on group programs. And I did about 15 posts or reels to Instagram and Facebook. I also reached out to a handful of folks to share the invitation or to make personal invitations to them to participate. I bonused all my current clients in, um, and I loved making that offer to them. I I wanted them to feel like they could come if they wanted to, it was totally their choice still. And I just loved being able to bonus that for them. And I had three paid participants, which was awesome to me. That gives me all the tingles, so excited. Okay, what also worked was that I came up with a format that I really loved and I used it for each class. And I can totally see how I can use that same format going forward into other programs. And I also tweaked it from the first week going into the second week, I tweaked it. And I really liked how I did that. Something else that worked well was that I didn't push too much in each class. I felt like I had so much possible content that I could pull from, but I limited it. And I made sure I didn't make it overwhelming. And I also got to see because of how much content I had, I could easily make a 12-week course if I wanted to. Something else that worked well was that I sent a cute journal and a welcome note to everyone that just made me so happy to send. I loved the name I chose for the program, the Money School for Mischievous Women. It just made me giggly and happy every time I said it. I used a flip chart as my prompts for each class and I really like how that worked. I gave participants lush amounts of time to journal and I trusted them to find their gold. I also used a new registration program. I use uh, Flowdesk for all my emails and Flowdesk created a new offer called Flowdesk checkout um, for registering for one-off kind of offerings just like this. And so I was one of their beta testers for it And it definitely had some glitches, but I did figure it out and um, that was pretty cool. I set up lots of reminder emails for the classes too, which I was glad to have done ahead of time. At least two to three people showed up in every class. There was a lot of folks traveling at different times, but it was enough that we really always had great conversation. And I think that everyone learned something from what other people shared. It was rich, very rich. I loved how... Having some of my current clients and some of my past clients in this group primed the group for being open for coaching. These are folks who have been coached a lot by me, so they were prepared and ready to get coached on money. And I think that they set an example for uh, new folks who hadn't been coached by me before. And then another thing that worked was the just me walking around in my day-to-day life. I had multiple people tell me that they had seen the offer but had decided it wasn't a good time for them to take me up on it, but expressed interest in future versions of it. So that was pretty awesome. That's my list. Spent some time just sharing with you the very specifics so that you can see how you can get super specific in your evaluations. Because part of the evaluation purpose, it's not only to learn what you want to do differently or what didn't work well, but to celebrate yourself and what did work well and what you figured out. All right? So let me go on to the next part, which is what didn't work. The first thing that didn't work was I spent too much time, I think, in confusion about what the next right topic was to teach folk. I, worried too much that everybody was coming in with slightly different focuses. And how could I pick the right topic to uh, help all of them in the next class? And I just caught myself. I just noticed that I was in there a lot. And so that's something that I don't want to do as much. Something else that didn't work was that I realized, don't think I really explained very well how they could build off, how participants could build off of Money School and take that into private coaching. And I don't think I made it super compelling or super clear. Something else that didn't work well was that I realized I can't continue marketing my one-on-one coaching practice while I'm also marketing a group program. It's like I had to do one or the other. It was too much going on through my marketing if I was trying to market both at once. And then the last thing that didn't work was that I didn't hit my 10 participant goal. Okay, so then I move into what to do differently. One thing that I want to do differently next time is I want to assume ahead of time that after I do this big marketing push for a program or an offering like this, I'm going to want to take a marketing pause. <laughs> like I'm going to want to pull back for a little bit and have kind of a ah exhale after doing all of it so that I should pre-plan for like that week after I'm done marketing to have some content already going out, have that already prepared so that I don't feel the need to like keep generating or generate new stuff in that week after I close registration. I want to do what I did in August, which was kind of like put little seeds in some of my emails and some of my posts that this was coming. Kind of just like building just an awareness or an interest in folks that it was coming. I also want to reach out to more individuals. I also want to set up a way for folks to give really easy feedback or testimonials at the end. Um, And I'm really curious about trying video testimonials or video feedback um, because I think sometimes folks don't want to take the time to write something, but they'd easily speak it. One other thing I want to do differently next time is try to get on other people's podcasts to talk about it. I was glad that I did my podcast a couple times, but I'd like next time to try being on other people's podcasts. And finally, I want to be really clear on my call to action or my next step that I'm offering folks what its value is and why it's the clear next step for them building on what they've already done. All right, so those are the three big categories that make up the first part of my evaluation and are what I always try to do no matter what because there's there's learning to be had there, right? And so you can use that as well. What worked, what didn't work and what to do differently. I'm gonna share with you Also, some questions that I asked myself, um, which I consider as part of like a success evaluation, right? This is like really settling into celebrating myself for doing this thing that was brand new and that I felt nervous about, honestly. So the first question I asked myself is, what part of this am I most proud of? And what I came up with was, Multiple parts, actually. I love the format that I created, and I can see how I can use it for other classes. I trusted myself that I could teach on a topic that I am still learning and growing in. I trusted their magic and my magic. This is big for me. I'm just like trusting my inner wisdom and their inner wisdom, participants' inner wisdom. And I'm really proud of the value I provided to everybody that participated. The next question is how was I resourceful in creating this? And I felt resourceful because I tapped into areas that I know a lot about, which is coaching, business and nervous system work. I also felt resourceful because I asked for coaching um, for myself through the different programs that I'm a part of when I was feeling stuck in different areas and I got lots of help there. And I also felt resourceful because I talked about the program in so many different ways in my marketing. I never felt like I had run out of creative ways to describe it. Okay, the next question is, what challenge am I most proud of overcoming? And I think there's two things that come up to me here. The first is, I really wanted folks to sign up fast as soon as I opened registration, right? I wanted the confirmation that it was working and that people were excited and that people were coming. And I just had to sit with myself, give myself my own reassurance that people would sign up, that I could be patient and that it's possible that somebody just needs one more invitation before they sign up. And that's what I kept coming back to. I bet there's somebody that's on the fence and they just need one more invitation to sign up. The other thing I'm most proud of overcoming challenge is how nervous I felt before the first call. And I'm trying to remember if I felt as nervous the second call. I think the third and fourth call, I felt pretty good but probably probably, the first call was really the hardest. And I just still go through with it, right? It's kind of like, oh yeah, this nervousness is normal. It's usually always here when I'm doing something for the first time. And especially when I'm coaching people for the first time that I haven't coached before. And I still get to show up and provide enormous value, even if I feel nervous. The next question was, what was the most helpful thought? This is going to be so much fun. The women who participate are going to blow their own damn minds. This is world-changing stuff. And this will be the spark that changes people's lives. Those are some of my favorite thoughts. And the final question I ask myself is, what would I say to my future self when I am trying to create a new result? And what I would say is, trust your magic, trust their magic, And go bold, baby, go bold. So I hope that's fun to just kind of hear what my brain (laughs) thinks about something I recently created. And I hope that these evaluation questions are helpful to you when you're making decisions, whether it's in your business or big life decisions that you want to evaluate and learn from and also celebrate yourself in doing something big and bold. I hope that's helpful. And I look forward to talking to you all on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to try applying this kind of work, the decision making and the coaching to your life, I encourage you to hop over to Instagram. I'm at Meg Gluckman or to my website, meggluckman.com and check out my free course. It's called getting unstuck with self-coaching and it allows you to learn the tools of self-coaching and apply them to any area of your life where you feel stuck. It could be eating or drinking habits. It could be your job. It could be a difficult relationship. Whatever you want to create change around, you can use this course to do that. So, go check it out, Getting Unstuck with Self Coaching on my website or off of Instagram. Enjoy!